we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. My name is Simone, and you are most welcome. This is our Be More You season. What we're really focusing on this year is is about bringing your whole authentic self into 2023. You know, and to to get those goals and achieve those goals. It's not about taking up all this stuff or giving up stuff or creating all this stuff. It's actually just being you, being especially but more you. So that's what we're encouraging this year. You know, we've always got a busy year ahead uh, at Northern Power Women and this year is no exception. In fact, I think it's even busier than it's ever been. We've got a great program ahead for International Women's Day. We've got webinars, power circles, power ups. So please do uh, find out more on our we've got our, on our digital We Are Power platform. So wearepower.net. Please do check that out and uh, please do join in all our conversations on social media at North Power Women on Twitter and Northern Power Women and all the other socials. And as you know from these weekly podcasts, we have the complete or I have the complete honor of speaking with some phenomenal humans from across the raft of sectors, organizations, specialisms across the Northern Power women world and this week is no exception. I am speaking to Miriam Walker-Khan who is a sports reporter and writer having spent almost six years at the BBC uh, reporting for sports news, match of the day, football focus um, and also on digital and social platforms where Miriam was one quarter of the Question of Sport podcast. I love Question of Sport uh, although I'm really rubbish at it. Miriam is also editor of the football magazine Season and has written for the New York Times, The Guardian, Opinion, Galdem, Zine, Dazed and many more and now has just started a role of diverting inclusion reporter for Sky Sports News which is really exciting you know anything I see about new roles that are created to to disrupt and make change for good is is so so welcome so Miriam welcome welcome to the podcast thank you so much for having me and please write my CV <laughs> <laughs> I love it you know I, I kind of it's trying not to you know you try to just pick out the highlights and then I often every time I look at you know these stories I'm like oh my God, there's just so many, so many. Nobody has one straight path or one just sort of, you know, role, do they? It's all those other things and the side hustles that you have along the way. So it's amazing. It is amazing. And how did you find your way into sports journalism in the in the first place? I know this is something that people be really interested in about the advent of, you know, sort of women's sport particularly, but the advent of, you know, sort of sport in the media. It's just so all encompassing. So well, how did you navigate that? Well, I actually started off... Um, I was a sprinter growing up and I was, I took it quite seriously. I did it for about 13 years uh, back in Sheffield where I'm from. Um, but I was always quite ill when I was younger. I've got like a, a kidney disease. I was on chemotherapy when I was younger and it just kind of made me injured a lot. So my brothers took it really, really seriously. And I kind of still did it socially, but focused more on like my education and stuff. And then I went to Manchester University and I was, 
I was injured one year typically at uni and I started writing for just um it was like an athletics media website but based in Sheffield that a, a training partner had kind of set up and it really escalated like it went from writing articles about pole vaulters from Dern Valley to the next year I was like interviewing Usain Bolt so it really really escalated in like the best way and obviously I loved it it was work for free which is obviously isn't great but when you are such a huge fan of the sport and you're just interviewing your mate so obviously Usain Bolt's not my mate (laughs) oh no take it take him as your mate so yeah I got into it via that and then I did a master's in broadcast journalism at Sheffield Uni, went back home for a year to live with my mum. And I, I didn't think much of it, to be honest. I was just like, well, I'll never work in journalism, but it'll be a cool degree. Because I, th- I didn't see anyone like me. I didn't really see many young people. So I just assumed it would take years and years and years. And then I applied for the, I actually applied for like a few trainee schemes, didn't even get interviews for them apart from the BBC's journalism trainee scheme, which it was like this weird experience. There's like seven stages of the application and I just getting, kept getting past them. And I was like, this isn't real. Like, this is, And I went to the interview and I was so like relaxed and chilled at the interview, which is not like me um, because I was just like, there's no way I'm ever going to get this. There was one sport place. I was like, definitely going to a boy or a man and I was like no I'll just be chilled and then I got it and I cried down the phone at the woman who told me and it's just all been incredible since since there really so yeah that's how I got into it that's and and you know it's that you know when you're looking about and you you know like you say you you had this rejection or you know and then all of a sudden this opened up but prior to that you know who were your role models I suppose the only role models really are because we didn't have like Sky or anything like that growing up. So I only really had the BBC and I was lucky that because I, I'm under like the Look North catchment area, it meant Tanya Arnold was constantly on TV. And also I used to train with Jess Ennis Hill in, in that group. So she would do packages on Jess. So like I kind of knew of her um, long before I ever met her for the first time. But then there was a guy called Phil Jones who did all the athletics reporting um, for the BBC and he was amazing. I loved him growing up because he was so like human and he was like northern and he wasn't posh and I was like, well, he's just having a chat with the athletes and sometimes they cry and sometimes they're happy. So they were kind of my two. And, and, and having Tanya, like I met her like soon into getting into the BBC and it was just amazing because she's like the friendliest warmest person and she's she'll give you so much help and support so I think when you you see these people on tv and then you get into the industry and you actually meet them and you're like oh my god they're like really friendly like they're serious on tv but they're so friendly and lovely so definitely Tanya was kind of the only one there for me really anyway and that's I suppose that's you know in its day we, you know we talked so much talk about mentoring sponsorship you know out there now and so she became that first mentor for you yeah and I, I always say like that somebody really early on in my career said to me just get a mentor and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna get several and I literally say to people collect mentors because I could not have navigated through this industry without different mentors. And one of, you know, I've got so many now. One of them I'll talk to about being a woman of colour. Another one I'll talk to just about being a woman. Another one it's TV. Another it's radio. And you cannot just learn these things on your own. Like, it's so important. And now I I spend 
loads of time trying to mentor other people younger than me, especially women of colour in the industry who have those really unique experiences that I've had. Um, and I think that is like the, the one piece of advice I say to anyone, like always have several mentors, like be greedy with your mentors. Do you know what? I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, mentoring, role models and mentoring at the heart and the DNA of everything that we do and we set up. Um, you know, inspired and motivated by our Northern Power Women and Futures communities. We created this power collective and every month we do these virtual kind of, um, you know, power up networking about building that social capital around having those conversations might just be bite-sized, but having that conversation that you might not be able to have with anyone else. So I'm totally with you. Hell yes, as many mentors as you can, your own personal board in in some respect, because like you just said, it's, it's for different things sometimes. I'll go to that person for that because they can help navigate navigate that because they know this is not their first rodeo and they've, they've been this. So, you know, I think that is, that is, that's always, I think one of my top tips as well is you can never, it's never too early to have that. It's not just for a certain demographic of people. It is for everyone. So yes, I could go on forever about mentoring. And it's, you know, what it's lovely and, and, and kind of really great to hear is how you're now, you're giving back, you're paying that forward as well. Um, and I think that's, that's, I think that's a natural kind of you know from amazing role models that yourself I feel like that's always a natural kind of tendency to go right I've gained so I now want to give you know and I think that's so important and especially you know sort of across those different communities and I know that that's one of the things that you love doing is meeting people new finding out their stories you should do this you should come and take this job because that's what I do but I know one of you talk about one of the most rewarding elements is being able to find and tell those stories from communities or cultures that are not usually talked about or represented you know was this something that you you are always at the center of your mind to do and and has there been any challenges with that yeah it's funny because I always I always say like I didn't set out to do it I probably got into sports journalism to do athletic stories but like it's actually quite niche in the world of sports media so I kind of found this niche unintentionally of just telling people stories to do with equality or race or being a woman and I'm always like, yeah, it was kind of an accident. But then I think back to just, it sounds a bit deep, just growing up, I was always like a bit gobby and I was always like chatting back to teachers about why isn't that a woman or why aren't we learning about a woman or um, just being outraged really young about things to do with racism. So, um, you know, like I did my dissertation on the civil rights movement and I think I love I love that. I love learning about it and um that has kind of just trickled down into my work really naturally, which is nice. Um, but I just, I guess like when you come from a different community and when I actually grew up with a lot of black friends because I did athletics and pretty much everyone in my training group was black anyway. So when you have been involved in so many different communities, you you naturally gravitate towards those stories. And I think like, I just absolutely love it. And, and this new role that I'm doing at Sky, like I, it scared me a bit seeing the job title diversity and inclusion reporter because I guess there's like a tendency to to think I might be pigeonholed into that but actually the more I thought about it the more I was like no that is incredible the fact that someone is investing in a role like that which is so it feels really unusual still and I'm pretty sure it's kind of the first of its kind in the sports media so I'm just really excited to get to tell those stories because they're so new and that it's it's like untouched it's like a whole like treasure trove of new stories so I love it and I'm totally you know it's a total privilege to tell those stories so yeah 
I love the way you talk about that being a treasure trove because uh, that's what it is. That's what I feel like I have, I'd say, you know, on a weekly basis, a treasure trove of, you know, amazing role models, you know. So what are you, have you, you know, you, you must be really excited just starting this year. What are you, your goals within the in the job? And So I suppose it's about, it's about saying something new about sport. And I think I'm really personally excited to do a lot more like investigation work, like big, big projects like that. And it's like a lot of long form work as well. Um, Some of it is just parts of celebrating International Women's Day or Black History Month for South Asian History Month. But I think what I really want to focus on now is moving the conversations forward. Like we know I've done so many stories about the first black or brown athlete in XYZ sports. And obviously I love that and it's really important, but now I kind of want to go past that and say, okay, why, why are they the only athlete? What's happening in that sport? What's wrong with the structures of the sport that it doesn't allow for anyone else. So I think it's, it's just about moving the conversation on and particularly in women's sport. That's a really important thing to do right now. Like we, I love women's football so much, but the media around it is often um you know it's focused on inspiring women's footballers and we have really different conversations to what we would do with men's football and I think it's about acknowledging how different they are but talking about it and it's just football right it's just football and in my opinion it's better than men's football and it's more exciting but I think it's about yeah like having new conversations and making sure that people um just can think differently about these topics. I think something about that sort of moving things on because, you know, we can we can all have lots of conversations and we can all talk, you know, you know, we do things around International Women's Day, we don't, but actually we're really passionate about it's keeping that conversation going uh, and moving on. Otherwise it's great. Oh right, we've done that event. There we go. Click on. That's it. That's 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 gender solved, you know? Okay. <laughs> Let's, that really, and it, it is not about that, is it? You know, and I think if you look like reflecting on what your um, predecessors have gone through, and some of the hair-raising tales that have that have come out about you know sexist environment, attitude towards women, not having the clout to talk about football, blah 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 blah. You know, is 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 this is this something that you faced on on your journey being um, under underrated, so to speak? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it started. It it's sad because it started really early on, and it's never really stopped, and it gets easier to deal with those comments like it it's very annoying and it's very frustrating when you've worked so hard and you've worked for years and years and years and um and it's just like some random man saying something and you're like do you actually know what I've done like you would kill to do some of the stuff that I've done and then they're just like yeah and I I remember like very early on actually I think it was like my first week at the BBC someone said to me um also, why do you like athletics then? Is it so you can watch tight men, uh, men r- run around in tight shorts? And I was just like, is this real life? Like, did that just happen? Did that just come out of your mouth? And that kind of made me realise that it's not just people in the pub or your mates trying to be funny. It is the industry. Um, and I think, yeah, you don't really, you don't really realise how much of an impact that has but I think for me it's really like it I love proving a point and I like if someone says you can't do this you can't do that you're a woman I love being like right watch me then mate because I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it better than you <laughs> and, and that's it isn't it is it's proof of you know actually you can go and talk and and you know be trolling on social media in your pants whatever you know but actually look at me over here I'm cracking on <laughs> 
yeah yeah and that's what it's about isn't it especially with the trolls oh my gosh but um yeah it just doesn't really it doesn't bother me as much anymore but it it did a bit at the start when things like that happened it's it's going to isn't it you're only human isn't it and it's 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 not it's it's more than just sort of developing that thick skin it's it's almost trying to change a different mindset or compartmentalizing sometimes about you know one calling it out and then two just going you know what actually I'm I'm doing well over here, you know. Look at me. I've got my, you know, amazing brand new opportunity. Um, you know, so it's amazing. But but for anyone living, you know, listening out there from especially those from, you know, um, amazing individuals from diverse communities, what advice would you give about finding that career that you are passionate about? Um, which you clearly are, and and equally about that career that enables you to stay true to being you, being more you. Yeah, I well, I would say that in fact just just being you and making sure that you realize how powerful you are with your differences and not trying to conform or or be what you think people should should tell you to be I think for me that is really um that's probably made me different and 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 given me the opportunities that I've had to tell those stories because I'm so passionate about it and I and there are a lot there are a lot of people who don't like I guess they don't like to think about their race and they don't like to um, see themselves as different. But, you know, the world does and the world will always round you up. Like I'm mixed race, I'm half half white, half Pakistani. And like the world will always round me up to my Pakistani side. So if I can tell those stories and, and be that person that changes things a tiny, tiny bit within the sports media, then that's amazing. And, and I'll celebrate my differences. So yeah, just don't don't conform, I think. Just be bold in how you you really are. Well, you know what? I just um just delighted that you continue to defy these stereotypes, push these boundaries, um, you know, especially for underserved audience as well as taking your own real life experience uh to to have your voice heard and tell those stories. Miriam, thank you so much for joining me. I don't know where the time goes, it always flies on these chats and we feel like we could keep going on, but I'm so grateful for you joining. I know um our audience out there will get some great insight and you know real motivation from you today thank you and best of luck as you start this brand new role at sky as well and please do stay connected we've got loads of stories we know we want to get help uncovered out there as well so miriam thank you so much for joining me today no thank you to you and thank you to everything that you do because everything you do is incredible and i just absolutely love the northern power women and, and the awards last year was my first one and it was amazing so thank you Oh, no, thank you. And thank you to all of you out there for listening. Please do join in the conversation on our social medias or drop us an old school email, podcast at northernpowerwomen.com and stay connected with everything else that we've going on, our weekly, our monthly, sorry, Power Up networking events and all of the events that we've got set out for the rest of the year as well. So please do get involved. Uh, My name is Simone. You've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast, a What Goes on Media production. (laughs) 